When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Friday night. It is not 11 o'clock like our normal time, but uh, we wanted to, I wanted to have my guest star Harpo come in and he's a little too tired at 11. So we're going to try this with Harpo in my lap at 10 o'clock and uh, Will, I believe is going to be joining us. Uh, he was going to say he was going to join us or go out fighting crime. So he'll be fashionably ask- late. Yes, he, he he knows how to make an entrance. So we will, we'll, we'll worry about that when he gets here, but we have Erica Schultz a uh, comic book writer who I had the pleasure to meet and embarrassment to use the wrong name at San Diego Comic-Con about five years ago. Uh, wa- have wanted to apologize in person ever since. But, it's fine. Um, Don't we- worry. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it over uh, StreamYard. Uh, pleasure having you. And Thank normally, you. Yeah, we normally do kind of a little a little 30 second pitch, but uh, why don't we do the 30 second pitch as I pull up the Kickstarter page of Christabel and we'll go right into a deep dive and we'll let people know exactly what this, uh, what this Kickstarter and comic book is for. Okay. Thank you. Um, And no apology necessary. I know San Diego is an insane uh, place time and everybody's heads are screwed on wrong at San Diego. So I, I get it. Don't worry. Yeah, no. um, you you were uh, cool at the time. I was still embarrassed. <laughs> it's totally fine. So um, Christabel. Christabel is a uh, three-volume graphic novel that we are funding the first volume right now. It is on Kickstarter. Uh, Christabel is uh, an adaptation and continuation of an unfinished poem written by Samuel Taylor Coleridge. Um, Coleridge had originally written the poem and planned it to be five parts. And he wrote the first part in 1797 and the second part in 1800. And then he never wrote anything else. Uh, And the legend goes that his writing partner, William Wordsworth had basically said, you know, 
I, you know, I see what you're doing with this, but it's really not up to our standards. Uh, and Coleridge kind of got stage fright. So it, it, it falls off on this huge cliffhanger. Right. Because, you know, it's only, you know, 40% done. Um, and it's a poem that I first read in college and it, it's haunting, you know, it, it, there's something about it. It's, it's an epic poem. So it does tell the significant story. Uh, about this young woman and how she's sort of tricked by this witch um, and how the witch sort of worms her way into her life and then all hell breaks loose. Uh, so I, I've really been very interested in where the story would go because the poem ends with just Geraldine, who is this sorceress, uh, finding her way into Christabel's uh, heart and home. And then that's it. Um, and Geraldine meets Christabel's father, who was a widower, and everyone is besotted with Geraldine. She is beautiful. She is smart. She's she's basically the type of sorceress who will just not in a physical sense. She won't shapeshift, but she will become whatever it is that you need someone to be. So the way she gets into Christabel's heart is that Christabel is an only child. She doesn't have a mother. Her mother passed when she um, when she was born. So she's always wanted a sister, a mother figure. And she sees this woman, you know, not much older than her, but older than her, beautiful, smart, you know, congenial. This is, this is what I've always wanted. This is like my new best friend, my new sister kind of thing. And worms her way in. What does Christabel's father, Leoline, want? He wants companionship. You know, he wants a queen to be able to to rule his his uh, his kingdom with, you know, so she sort of finds a way to be whatever it is you need her to be and sort of charm you. Um, and that's as far as as uh, Coleridge's poem went. So what we did was uh, we start the story about 10 years into the future when Christabel had gotten sharp to Geraldine's con and ends up being cast out. You know, no. Geraldine is so good at getting into people's heads that uh, she manipulates Leoline to cast out his only daughter. Are so, we still within the source material of the poem now or have you already Oh uh, no, this is that's that's already extrapolated. Uh, the, okay. the the source material of the poem literally goes from Christabel is a young woman uh, sneaking out at night. And I changed a few things. In the poem, uh, Leoline is a baron. In this version, he's a king. Um, in the poem, Christabel is going out to uh, pray for her betrothed, uh, who's a knight, uh, to come home safely. Whereas in our version, she's going out to commune with the spirit of her, of her past mother. Um, but in both versions, she hears this sound and she turns around and there's this young woman laying at the base of an oak tree and she's a little worse for wear. And Geraldine tells her this story about how she was kidnapped. You know, she's a, she's a noble woman and she was kidnapped by these people. And, you know, she just escaped with her life and, oh, I can't believe what a harrowing, you know, thing I've been going through. And it's just, this is adventure that Christabel is interested in. Like she's telling her this adventurous story. She's mm -hmm. this beautiful woman who's just like, oh, she could be like a sister to me. You know, everything that that this young girl 
is is really looking forward to and looking to have. Um, and then the you know that evening, Christabel brings her into the into the castle in the poem and in our uh, in our adaptation, brings her into the castle. And then the next morning, she introduces her to her father, and her father is, oh, we're going to get the the knights out to find these these marauders and this that and the next thing. But that's where it basically ends. Okay. So we've uh, so we've taken it and said, well, what we know that Geraldine is is a con. We know that mm -hmm. she's a sorceress. We know that she's she's playing the long game here. Where does that end? Where does that go? So we took it to the point where Geraldine and the king get married, and when Christabel voices her dissent to this because she starts realizing, yeah, maybe she's not who I thought she was. Um is when the king is sort of bewitched more and, and she's cast out. So when we first meet Christabel, she is uh, she's in her early to mid twenties and she is living as a bounty hunter uh, and in kind of, you know, scavenging for survival. Mm -hmm. um, and she, her her it's funny i kind of liken it to to writing comics where you usually have like a day job and then your side gig of writing comics so right. her day job is she's a bounty hunter and her side gig is searching the six territories for any mystic that she can get advice from to find a way to kill geraldine okay. so it's like a revenge story but at the same time we we twisted a little um, she ends up uh, bumping into uh, an old mentor of hers who was also cast out a few years after her, again, for getting wise to Geraldine's mm -hmm. uh, scheme and being cast out from that. Um, and so when she meets Wajun, it sort of reinvigorates her because now she knows this is somebody I know, this is somebody who's on my side. Let's, you know, kick ass together kind of thing. Right. Do uh, when we talk about things that are that are brought in it, you know, it's an epic poem, which can get dark, fairy tale, which can be light or dark. Um, if I were searching for somebody six years old, ten years old, fifteen years old, what is the age appropriateness of this story by the end? Oh, I would say from the beginning, the age appropriateness is probably. Uh, I would say a PG thirteen to okay. like PG fifteen. Right. Um, I mean, there are, uh, depending on the, I, I don't tell people how to parent, but there are LGBTQ themes. Um, there are, uh, it's not graphic, but we discuss sex. We discuss, um, you know, questioning gender, um, uh, gender identity. Um, there are, there's blood, there's swords, there's, you know, in, in the first five pages, she's literally chucking an ax at someone's head. <laughs> so, okay. Well, I still want this, but I'm in Florida. Am I going to be able to buy it, or is that going to be illegal by the time the Kickstarter ends? I guess that's a question for Ron DeSantis, <sighs> not you. I really don't know. I really don't know, because in this first volume, um, Weijun is outed. And one of the reasons why he is uh, cast out, uh, he is the captain of the King's Guard, and one of the reasons why he is cast out is... Uh, he goes to the king and says, you know, Geraldine is, there's something funky about her. And she says, well, I know there's something about you too. And she outs him okay. to the king. Um, and 
it's an interesting kind of dynamic because half of the king's reaction is yes geraldine's manipulation but the other half of the reaction is just being a homophobe his own his own prejudices his own before. his own prejudices right. um and that's something that Weijun actually it, it breaks his heart even more because you know the king was like was like family to him mm-hmm. um because when you know and we learn more about this in volume two is Weijun actually comes to the king as an orphan um and so the fact that the king's family took him in and raised him up to be a knight and you know he sort of held the status mm-hmm. that was a big deal and now this person who was like family is not just showing not just being manipulated but they're also showing their own prejudice their own bias and that's you know like wow i thought i knew you kind of thing you know no that's deep and interesting i can't wait to see how you guys uh work through that how often when you're you're doing I, I I'm super interested in any of these things that are done with uh, public domain, but this is a totally different animal within the same kind of uh, zoo. How often do you go back to the two volumes that he's written to either find inspiration or decide whether or not you're on the right it's track? It's literally right here. Mm-hmm. It's literally right here. Um, I have my old notes from college in this book that is my old college and i and he was on a podcast the other day i was like it's got stains on it's probably like coffee and cigarette stains um but i mean i i won't say that i can quote the entire poem because it's multiple it's like i think a, a 240 no, it's more than that. The first part is is over 240 stanzas. Wow. Um, uh, 240 lines, rather. Um, so, I mean, it's a significant poem. I can't quote it top to bottom. Right. Um, but I know the I know the themes for like one of the themes is always you know shield her well when you know when they're talking about Christabel meeting Geraldine. There's this sort of um, third person omnipotent uh, narrator who talks about how, you know, Jesu Christu shields her well. She folded her arms beneath her cloak and stole to the other side of the oak. What sees she there? There she sees a damsel bright dressed in a silken robe of white. You know, so it's obviously you don't need to be shielded from anything that is going to be harmless to you. Mm-hmm. So why are you why are you calling to to Christ for for, you know, protection if this damsel in silken robe of white is is harmless, especially you know, at that time when you run across a, a babe in the woods. What exactly what is less scary, but something something back here. All right, something no. something reptilian brain. Yeah. yeah, and it's you know, and it's little things. It, it's interesting because what what it sounds like he's setting up, um, and something that that I had surmised. You know, we're going almost 30 years ago, uh, when I first read this, um, was this idea of the, the ghost of Christabel's mother was still in the castle and she was trying to save her daughter and she was trying to guide her daughter mm-hmm. because in, in the original poem, she goes out in the middle of the night to pray for the safe return of her betrothed. In our story, she goes out in the middle of the night to commune with her mother's spirit. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
so what I think, and I could be completely wrong, he was going for is this idea of uh, the spirit of her mother trying to protect her. Um, and in our story, Christabel has this necklace that her mother, uh, that was her mother's. Mm-hmm. And we sort of use that notion of there's something of her mother's that's protecting her. And so she has this necklace that little does she know actually does protect her from some, not all obviously, but from some of Geraldine's, you know, you know, wary little, you know, hoodoo. What sounds like you have a, a responsibility to, to the text is, is that responsibility freeing or, or a cage? Like I, sometimes working within rules makes you better. Uh, so I, how do you feel? I think that, um, I think it's both. Um, I think it's great that already the beginning of the, I mean, I know the end of the story. I've, I've already written it. Um, but I think it's great that I already have a starting off point, that I already have guardrails, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. So that's great to me. I, I, I find that very interesting. And I find that, um, I find that good because it, it helps, it helps guide the story. Mm-hmm. The other side of it is this is a very famous poem and it's one of two poems that I've been obsessing over for the past almost 30 years. And if I screw this up, that's really going to break my heart. Right. You know? But you, you said you've already finished the thing that finished the, yeah. the I, obviously you don't feel like you're going to. And I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know him personally, but I've known James Emmett on you know Twitter for about a decade. I I, I trust him to uh, basically speak with you if yes if you James, were James. James is fantastic. James actually edited the Image comic series that I have called Deadliest Bouquet with uh, Carola Borelli and Gab Contreras and Tom Chu. Um, and James did a fantastic job on that. The first volume, which is what we're kickstarting, is completely written. The second and third volumes are, uh, which are also sixty pages each, uh, is uh, those those two are already outlined. Um, so I haven't started scripting them, but we know exactly gotcha. where the story is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for me, I mean, I, this this is a poem that is very very near and dear to my heart. So I want to do it justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I'm trying to make sure that anything that I do add isn't taking away from the original. I mean, right. yes, there's things that I changed and I, and I made, you know, Christabella princess and her father, a king versus a baron. And, you know, she's just being a noble woman. And I added all this extra stuff about the knights. Um, yeah. but I think that anyone who knows the poem and knows the uh, knows the spirit of it will hopefully see that I, I've maintained the spirit of what Coleridge was originally writing. Now, mind you, I'm inferring what I think he's going for. Of course, right. I mean, right. you know, I have two parts of a five-part story, so I have less than 50%. Mm-hmm. of this story so i can only i mean for all i know the man's spinning in his grave saying how dare this person how dare she you know but for all i know he could be looking down and saying oh you get it you get it 
you I, see where I was going and you get it. And that's kind of what I'm hoping for, but I'll never know. If he's pissed in his grave, it's probably more Wordsworth than you. <laughs> you know, he'd probably sit up there going, you know what? That, that poem was pretty good. Yeah. You know, I listen to that guy. It's, but it's funny because, you know, as, as confident as we can be as creators, um, it's right. really easy for someone to just shut us down. You know, the uh, there's another poem that um, that I love. It's a poem by Robert Browning, and it's much shorter than this. It's not this giant epic poem. Um, and I did a uh, I outlined a um, a sci-fi retelling of it called It's called Porphyria's Lover is the name of the poem. And you know, with all for all you know, in about five years, that'll be coming out from Kickstarter, or uh, I'll be pitching it to Image or somebody. Um, but those, I think, are the two poems that I think that if I screw them up one way or another, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I might have to, like, you know, self-immolate and just, like, throw myself into traffic or something because then, you know, I'm just totally, you know, all, all, my, all my English professors from college or, you know, the, the few that are still alive are just, right. you know, face palm emoji. No, I think I think that it's a great thing that you that you feel that responsibility because it I, I am ignorant of both of those poems. Um, so I, you know, what I'm going to do is kickstart your book, get all three volumes, read them. And I would guess that then I'm going to get the poem and read it after I'm going to do the backwards way and look at it the, as a detective going through both. But you have that love of the thing. So yeah. I'm not at all worried that I'm going to get something that messes it up, bastardize it. You know, I don't think you're going to ruin his childhood. You know, but you're not going to ruin somebody in 1830s childhood. I, 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 don't, I trust that because I can hear the I passion hope. about it. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I really there's something about the poem that's very haunting this, you know, and, and, and also, I mean, at, during that time in the late 1700s, 1800s, they were, you know, there's this sort of romanticized romanticization of, you know, the medieval times, the, you know, that's when you're, the, you're looking at the Arthurian tales and things mm -hmm. like that. And there's just like romanticism about it. And, you know, that's something that's sort of like fantasy sword sorcery has always, that genre has always been around. And and I like playing in that genre, but I I feel like this is the first time that I'm really going like full into it, which always kind of worries me as well. I mean, I did um I did Forgotten Home with Comicsology Originals and um and Dark Horse, uh, and it was an urban fantasy that had sort of you know medieval mythological kind of things going for it but it wasn't like castles and whole hog like this right so i think that's that's kind of a nerve-wracking thing as well i'm like i i hope i hope people can i hope it's believable because you know yeah. it's funny because i'm a lot of the work that i that i write is you know the, the things that i was you know known for was these sort of street level characters like writing mm -hmm. moon knight and writing x23 and these like angry street level characters and then you know you dip your toe into like princess blue-haired princesses and giant gay knights yeah, you know? i would i would <laughs> like, be what? i would be more worried about the the fantasy readers than the people the, the than the the historical poet 
poet, you know, you know yeah. historians. But I, I kind of looked out and there's a comment I'm going to check in a second because I want to make sure if somebody's watching this, we get to the comment. I just checked the Kickstarter. You're, you're what, three, four days in, five days in. You already have 186 backers. I have to assume that at least 100 of those 186 people are like me, ignorant of the source material. So I, I hope. Even, Maybe. <laughs> yeah, but even so, like, I don't think you're going to do this, but let's say you screwed it up. You introduced the poem to 100 people already. So even if you screw it up, you brought it into our consciousness, and we might learn that you screwed it up by going to the source, <laughs> and you've already done something well, even if you screwed it up. So I'm enriching their lives Mine. with poetry, but also screwing myself. <laughs> well, I mean, Wait. I well, still got to finish writing volumes two and three. I mean, come it, on. Isn't the good of the many more important than the good of the few? Yes. So if you make a hundred people's lives better and ruin your own, I mean, I don't want that to happen, <laughs> but that's, I mean, math says that's 99. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at all the notes that I did in the margins and now I'm thinking, God, was I, was I wrong back then? Am I, am I, should I be really like putting this on? I don't know. No, don't, don't let, don't let the way I look at the world. Don't let me Wordsworth you. You oh, man. don't do not because, because I'm. Don't give me stage fright, man. Yeah. I'm, I already launched the Kickstarter. No, I'm, I'm excited to read this and we've got. Tate in the chat says, we pressure on yourself. Something about it won't be perfect, but people can still enjoy your take. Thank You're going to you, finish Tate. it. You're going to finish it. Like, yeah. Like, well, the first, the first volume is, is already finished. It's already written. Um, mm -hmm. Amagoya only has, uh, Amagoya Gary, who's the fantastic illustrator um, on the book, uh, has less than 20 pages to draw. Oh, wow. She uh, she has I she has less than fifteen pages to draw, um. So you know the first volume is, you know, there's no going back on that. No, no, no. And, that and one, you shouldn't. that one's done. And don't uh, you, you know. dare let this conversation even give you pause <laughs> to think because I I'm ready. For we'll it. see what a turn. You see what's going to happen is volume two is going to open with this like crazy turn, and you're going to be like, wait, what's what happened in the 18 months? But you know, the 12 to 18 months between volumes one and two. Oh my god. There, uh, she's sitting on a stump uh, on a uh, you know a, a, a three layout house in Brooklyn. You know, smoking a cigarette, vaping. Exactly. I'm like, oh, I think I think we I think I my joke went too far. Um, you talked about the, how did you get this team together? I'm going to assume you kind of, uh, put out the feelers. Well, James and I have worked together multiple times. Um, James is, uh, an editor at Mad Cave studio. I'm a freelance editor at Mad Cave, but he and I had, right. had been working together prior to this. Um, and we've worked on, on other projects together, uh, namely the deadliest bouquet for image, uh, and a few other projects that hadn't, uh, hadn't gotten off the ground yet. So I had asked, um, I had said, look, I, I, I need an artist that can draw horses because I know horses mm -hmm. are tough to draw. Yeah. Um, and I had worked on a project years ago. Um, I was doing like some lettering and some graphic design for a project. And the horses looked like bears, like their heads, like it looked like somebody drew a bear and then just elongated their nose. Mm -hmm. um, and it just, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. <laughs> 
Um, and uh, Liana Kangas, who's this fantastic creator and artist, um, was uh, was with me when I was working on this and said, that's a bear. Like, that's straight up a bear. So so one of the quotes I have from Liangus is Liana Liangus, Liana yeah. Kangas. Uh, that's that's your new name, Liana, is Liangus. <laughs> um is uh is 10 out of 10 not bears. Oh so, okay. Amagoya draws good horses. Um no. So I, I I mentioned to James, I said, you know, I, I want an artist who can get the fantasy look. Mm -hmm. Um and really has a good color palette because I was looking for somebody to possibly oh. color it as well. All right. Did she so Amagoya does both? yes, Amagoya does both. I'm okay. doing color flats and Amagoya okay. is doing all the color renders and everything. Gotcha. And um I'm gonna go back and, to our art as you talk about it. Yes. And this is and that's uh you just scrolled past it. That's Christabel communing at the lake. Uh in the poem she's you know speaking to uh, the, basically the powers that be God or whomever to, you know, bring my betrothed home safe in our story. She's uh, trying to commune with the uh, spirit of her mother, of her mother's past. So uh, Amagoy had worked with James on uh, I am hexed, which is a fantastic, like witch political thriller um, that James worked on. Um, and so he had floated her name and uh i was just thrilled with the work um she's just fantastic and she's great to work with uh that covers uh natasha altarici uh we have four cover artists we have natasha altarici allison uh samson um fabian lalay and skylar partridge that's fabian's um i did them all um alphabetically skylar patridge um, and uh, and Allison Sampson has Christabel going up against uh, Geraldine with the Starlings. Um, so I mean, unique take. it's it's it. such a unique take, and that that blue is so bold. Mm -hmm. That blue is just so bold, and then the Geraldine in that you know orangey pinkish red. I mean, it's I love it. I love it. It's and it's got this you know this circular look to it it's fantastic but yes amagoya can draw horses <laughs> 10 out of These, 10 not bears those are not bears that is not <laughs> a bear exactly and, and um, in fairness to that one artist yes i have absolutely heard that besides hands horses are the hardest things to well actually yes. horses are much harder than hands and hands are the next hardest is what i have heard i yes, can't draw anything so and 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 i know and and believe me i get it I get it. Right. The problem is the way he, it looked like the person was drawing them from a memory of what a horse might possibly look like. I'm like, <laughs> the internet exists. And even if it didn't exist, there are, you can, there's reference that you can find of a horse. <laughs> like, this is just not a horse. <laughs> um, and I feel bad saying that, but you know, well, I do have to say by the, by yeah. the end of the book, yeah. the horses did get better by the end okay. of the book. All right. That and, first and chapter. We haven't they outed were anybody. Nice. It's fine. Yeah. We, no, nobody. I, you know, I we're trying to grow the uh, the the listenership and, and the watchership, but I, I'm not too worried about one poor artist uh, getting on YouTube and and oh, I like my bears. Look, if they were supposed to be bears, they were great, <laughs> but. <laughs> They were supposed you, but, to be horses. But you did work on the script, so you know. So uh, I think they were probably horses. <laughs> so what? Um, what? One thing that I thought was super interesting, and you did talk about how there were 
four covers. Yes. Mo most Kickstarters we run across has have variants and you pick this variant for this price this spring. You're going to let your backers pick their their cover when they do their survey. Is that correct? And they're all mm -hmm. the same price? Yeah. All oh, the covers cool. are the same price. Um, we even have a, uh, a tier where you can get all four covers. We have a tier where you can get two covers. Um, and I think it's a matter of, you know, I, I'm not going to say, oh, I like this over that, over that, because mm -hmm. each of the covers has a very unique take. They and were. each of the artists have their own style that they bring to it. Like the, the Natasha Alterici cover, I say, reminds me of Precious Moments. Remember the little Precious Moments figurines? I mean, yes, I know they exist, but I've got to go back when, to the page. <laughs> when you look at Natasha's cover, mm -hmm. it's like this sort of childlike version of Christabel, which reminds me of the, you know, the original Christabel in the text. Because when we see her in that, in the, in the graphic novel, she's already, she's an adult woman. So this sort of childlike, there, there's this childlike version that Natasha captured that I thought is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Allison captured the uh, back and forth between, in a very graphic, very bold colored way, um, the back and forth between Christabel and Geraldine. So that's again, a very different take on it. You have um, Skylar's version, which is, you know, this beautiful um, image of Christabel and you see Geraldine and Leoline the King. And in the background, you see Wei Jun, who is Christabel's, you know, like, I'm not going to say sidekick because he's literally a giant. He's like seven foot two. Uh, but, you know, he's her protector. Um, and then you have Fabian's, which just shows this very dirty, gritty, angry, I'm going to kick your ass side of the character as well. So I, I don't want to say, oh, well, if you pay extra, you get this because I, I'm not playing favorites because they're four right. very unique covers that all show an aspect of the story and all by incredibly talented people. So, um, so, so I just want everybody to be like, oh, I really like this one. And if you really want both covers, then or all four covers, there is a tier for that. No, I do so, like that yeah. you don't have a tier for three because you're not going to let them leave one out. I do like that. Well, I I don't feel right letting yeah. them leave one out. Like right. I could see somebody saying, I like these two. I can see right. that. But I can't see somebody being like, I don't like that one because it's like, damn it, they're all good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these are all incredibly talented artists and creators that took the time to... Um, you know, to to take this sort of labor of love and and interpret it through their own style and through their own um, their own lens. So, so did yeah. you did you show them? Did you give them like the uh, what about 40, 40 to fifty pages that are done to read, or just a couple pages and talk them through the story for them to come up with their their versions? I sent them at the time that the covers were getting done. Uh, we had about thirty five pages, give or take. Mm -hmm. um, and I sent them that. I also sent them the uh, character designs that we have some of them on the uh, Kickstarter page. Uh, so so they could see not just scale, but also, you know, uh, I'm, and, and this is fantasy in the sense that, you know, Christabel literally has blue hair, you know, kind of thing. So I wanted to say, okay, look, you know, you, if you have a, a, a background scene and you have somebody with purple hair, that's going to be perfectly fine because our, our lead has blue hair. Yeah. You know, 
Um, so I sent the uh, the character designs from Amagoya. I also sent the the pages, um, and the pages up to that point were lettered as well. So if they wanted to read the story, they could read the story. I also said if you want the pages uh, without bubbles, let me know, and I can give you that. This way, you can literally just pick colors if you wanted mm -hmm. to do that. Um, and and I said, you know, he, here's a link to the poem on poetry uh, poetryfoundation.org. If you want to read it, you can read it. I'm not, you know, this isn't homework, right. you know, but this is, but this is the gist. Um, Do you think anybody took you up on the poem? I, you know what? It's not, it's not my business. It's not homework. Okay. They all, they, all, they all picked <laughs> ass on what they right. did. So right. whether they read it or not, they knew the assignment and gotcha. they, they killed it. And actually we had done um, a, an ash can of the first 20 pages for New York Comic Con this past year. Um, and Skylar had done a cover for that. So Skylar was already familiar with the characters. Um, and uh, we had shopped it around at New York Comic Con to different publishers and unfortunately nobody uh, nobody bit. So we said, all right, well, we're gonna go forward and we're gonna mm -hmm. do this as a Kickstarter. And I asked Skylar back to, uh, to do uh, more covers and she was available, so. No, I think that's brilliant, I believe. She did the hardcover for Frankie White's uh, Eat My Flesh, Drink My Blood, I believe. Yes. And that yeah. that is where I was introduced to her work. And just such a bold um, image. It's just literally I had to get the hardcover. And I rarely move up softcover or hardcover on a, a book I haven't read yet. I'm, I'm the type mm -hmm. that falls in love with the book and this is good. I didn't buy it twice, uh, but but I'm, I'm usually the person that buys, you know, Sandman, and then and then I have to hunt down eight of the ten Sandman hardcovers I can get, and I'm still too short, and I probably always will be based on the last prices I saw. Um, I was going to say eBay is just awful for them. I I needed to get there before the TV show too. I think they they all popped up, but hey, eight of ten, I'm happy. Um, so her image saved me from giving the soft cover and missing the hard cover. And I just, yeah. such a talent. Um, I don't, I, I'm ignorant of the other artists, but the work on the page is all of them are great. I'll probably go Skylar because I mean, you can't go wrong with any of the four. Um, but I Allison promise Sam you, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say Allison Sampson's worked on Hit Girl and worked with Stephen King, uh, Beautiful Girls. Um, who's, who's Stephen? Who's that? Stephen King, the yeah, who? The author. Who? I'm kidding. I was really scared for a second. I was like, <laughs> are, you, are, "Are you? Please, God, tell me this man is joking." No, um, I was. I was on a podcast once, and someone brought up an author that I didn't know, but I do know Stephen King. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Fabian had done uh, Jade Street Protection Services for Black Mass Studios. Uh, Natasha Natasha Altarici has done uh, had a great series at um, at Vault called Heathen, um, and is doing some uh, some web comic work. So I mean, they're all incredibly strong. talented, strong uh, uh, creators. That I was very very happy to. I mean, I always approach uh, if I'm you know going to look to have an artist do a cover or something. I always sort of just approach being like, look, I know you're very busy. So this is the situation. If it's something you're interested in, great. If it's something you're not, it's totally fine. Of course. 
because, you know, I, I also don't want somebody to work on a project that they really don't feel any type of, of, um, you know, of, of, of draw to it, you know, like I wouldn't go to an artist who is strictly a horror artist for, you Mm -hmm. know, a fantasy romance kind of thing, because it might not be their bag, or maybe it is, you know, so. And I truly believe on Kickstarter, even more so than the direct market, it's more important to have the team care than, you know, in the direct market, you can hire a super talented artist and they can give a beautiful image and, you know, that sells in previews. But on Kickstarter, I, I might see somebody share it, one of your artists, and say, I did this cover for this book and I liked it because blank and I might be more likely to go. So I think that was incredibly smart in any case, but specifically in, in Kickstarter. But um, yeah, I want people to be as as invested in the story and invested in the project as I am. You know, anybody who's working on it, I want them to be part of it. Um, The map that was done was done by uh, an artist in uh, South Africa named Del Williams. And she just did this, you know, I I had done a really rough, you know, outline of a map and stuff. And she has a story called Warden where she did these maps for it. And I saw it on her page and I was like, wow, I have any, has anybody ever commissioned you for a map? She's like, no, nobody's, you know, nobody's ever commissioned me for a map. Do you want, do you want me to do a map? I was like, yes, I, I would love it. And she just did she, like every kingdom has their own little castle and there's the, you know, the, the mountains and the, the lakes and everything. And it's, it's just really, it's amazing. Oh, that is really cool. I'm going to put up the, um, the URL one more time. Um, and I did promise you I was going to get you out in about a half hour. And I think I have. I I talk too much. Don't worry. It always happens. I I, I usually have four products and it's fun, but I also love when it can be one-to-one or, you know, just a couple people where we can really kind of get into this. And uh, I I enjoyed the talk quite a lot. Uh, Just in case someone is on Facebook and came across it, the podcast, they will have already heard this. YouTube Live, they will already have heard this. But um, if if they're on Facebook right now, they just came in, they had a couple drinks and they popped it on. Uh, Let's give them a 30 second pitch. If they were walking past your booth at New York Comic Con, how would you uh, get them interested in Christabel? Princess turned mercenary, exiled princess turned mercenary searches the uh, six territories for any type of mystical item that will kill her evil sorceress stepmother. That's awesome. And I am so into the, the, the witch that can be what you need to get into your house and then worm your way in. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then she does what she wants with once she's in there. I, I, I love that. So I'm excited. I I really, I saw the page and I was like, oh, this looks so unique, so interesting. Coming from the poem thing, I was just like, all right, this is, this is scratching a lot of itches and I'm super excited. It's highbrow. It's a poem. Yeah. Please come (laughs) back volume two and three. And when you do your sci-fi other poem, I would love to hear about it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. No, uh, uh, my my total pleasure, and uh, good luck the rest of the campaign. I know you're going to kill it. Thank All right, you. everybody that was in, Tate, anybody that was in there, thank you for popping in. Good night, thank everybody. Thank you very much. Bye.